Hi, this is James Barris. I hope you find this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed to do that. Your support is greatly appreciated. It's my DPP buddy, and I didn't hear her. Oh. So, well done. And um, something to, to keep in mind that uh, as a leader, uh, just having it fairly crisp, uh, really, of course, you want to have everybody feel like they're participating and saying what needs to be said. And one of the challenges is uh, having a, a sense of inclusion for everybody. But um, some people are a bit shyer and some people are less shy and uh, are, are quite happy to... Um, uh, to step forward, and it's one of the one of the challenges as facilitators, uh, and also whether or not you're a facilitator as part of the group, making everybody a kind of uh, vibes watcher, as as sometimes we say, so that uh, there's a sense of um, alignment of energies. Um, so what I think uh, I'd like to do is for a little while talk a bit about what I see as a, a vision for uh, Kalyanamita groups uh, and some um, what I consider valuable points to keep in mind. Uh, I also want to hear from people who've been leading lots of groups uh, or have been in groups for a while, what really works and, and uh, that we could all benefit uh, from. And uh, we will take a break, but as you need, if you need to, to use the restroom, then, uh, then just do that and uh, come and go. Um, so, 10.25. Okay, uh, the Kayanamita groups um, have been happening for almost 20 years now, I think. And it started, um, you might see, how many, if you've looked at the website and have seen the Kalyanamita guidelines and things like that, just show, uh, raise, a, raise your hand. Okay, so not everybody has, has uh, seen that. Um, but if you go to the Spirit Rock website and go to under programs, and then it says uh, Kalyanamita. Uh, I think, it, I don't know if it says Dharma Friends anymore, but it uh, doesn't, okay. And Kalyanamita. And then there are some guidelines, suggested guidelines, that I wrote um, a num many years ago. Uh, and it, it started uh, basically when somebody, uh, a, a Dharma practitioner, uh, spoke to me about close to 20 years ago and said, hey, listen, uh, for those people who, uh, it's nice to go to a sitting group, but for uh, people, there aren't enough teachers to go around, and what do we do? And I've been practicing for a while, and I have something to share. Uh, how do we support each other? Uh, and then it kind of like, you know, it was, uh, was an obvious thing that uh, if there can be smaller groups where, that aren't needing a teacher, 
to, to lead them that it's a way for everybody to feel connected and for the wisdom that's in the group, which everybody has to some extent or another, even if you're new, uh, that if you can create the conditions for, for that connection and the wisdom to emerge from a group, that it's even uh, more powerful than going to a Dharma talk by, you know, Jack Cornfield or Sylvia Borstein or whoever, and it's inspiring to hear from a teacher up front, but really for you to get in touch with your own understanding of the Dharma with like-minded friends and support each other in that way. The word, the term Kalyanamita. Uh, was one that I chose because it simply means spiritual friend. And it's in this Theravadan tradition um, a very beautiful concept rather than teacher or guru or somebody who knows the answers, even a Dharma teacher is, is uh, really referred to as a Kalyanamita, as a spiritual friend. We're all traveling the path together. Some of us have been on it for a little bit longer or have, have seen, uh, have uh, understand uh, uh, some about, about the Dharma and we're all here helping each other along. Um, so this is a chance for us all to be spiritual friends to each other. And the guidelines that um, made sense to me were when possible to have pairs of facilitators leading the groups. Um, not every group has a pair, uh, somebody who wants to start a group and facilitate and invite, uh, then by all means you do that. But in the, uh, in the best of all worlds, if there's two friends who can facilitate and host the group, what it does is um, mitigate uh, against people projecting either positively or negatively, you know, wow, this person knows everything. Oh gosh, you're my, my Dharma teacher. Um, or who do they think they are? You know? <laughs> and you, as a facilitator, you need to deal with both of those, uh, like being adored or being judged and not taking it personally. And it also mitigates against one's own identification with role, both positive or negative, like, um, who am I to say anything? I can't, how can I facilitate a group? You know, I don't know enough. And being smaller than we are, or the reverse, hey, I'm a Dharma teacher now. <laughs> Pretty cool. Is my shingle, you know, <laughs> and uh, that gets a little bit tricky too. Um, so, if there could be a, a friend, a really good Dharma friend, uh, the 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 thought, the original image is having. Maybe you have had a Dharma friend that you can just talk into the wee hours of the evening because you just love the Dharma so much and it gets very juicy and exciting. If you have a friend like that and can invite others to join that Dharma conversation, how rich where you can create 
the, the field of everybody being inspired by each other's love of, of the Dharma. So that, in the best of worlds, would be uh, the scenario. But if you don't have a, um, a, a Dharma friend and you want to start a group in your area, as somebody said, I just want to start, I just want to have Sangha, so uh, I wanted to start and invite people, then um, you do that and the job of the facilitator is to help create the conditions where you are um, helping people get in touch with their own wisdom. Um, there are a couple of different kinds of groups. There's peer groups where it's not that anybody, peer in the sense that relative, relatively um, similar experience and, and backgrounds where nobody has the answers or is, is um, clearly um, that much more experienced. Um, and then there's something really beautiful about that peer support. And then there are groups, a number of groups that have formed um, where somebody who's been practicing for some time, whether you've gone through the dedicated practitioners program or the Dharma leaders program, and you've, you've uh, or you've been practicing and have done a fair number of retreats, uh, you want to give back and share and uh, be a support and kalyanamita for those with, who are relatively new in practice. Not that you have all the answers, but that you uh, are wanting to um, be a resource and help, again, support people to get in touch with their own wisdom. And as you create the conditions for that wisdom to flow, it can be, is, even more nourishing than being the wise Dharma teacher who knows the answers because there's something quite magical about helping support people to get in touch with the Buddha inside. And I want to uh, mention a, a few things that I've found very helpful to keep in mind. And then I want to hear from some of the, the people who've been in, in groups or leading groups for a while. Um, Many years ago, I lived in a, a group house in, um, in the Rockridge area in uh, uh, North Oakland, uh, just over the Berkeley border. Um, uh, Wes Nisker was part of that group house. My wife, Jane, uh, Shoshana Alexander, who co-wrote the o Awakening Joy book with me, and a few others, and it was quite a magical experience. Uh, it was, by the way, just as an aside, if you are familiar with Coldwell Banker, you know Coldwell Banker Real Estate, it was Mr. Banker's house. <laughs> so it was a big house, there was plenty of room, and it, like eight bedrooms and five bathrooms, so, you know. But, and the person who owned that house um, was brilliant. There's a bench that's, mm, I'm just remembering, honoring her 
here on the land, Shirley Lewis, and she created the conditions that just made it work. Very, it was a good structure out of which all the love that was there could, could come out. Great house meetings, um, believe it or not, that had a lot of appreciation and connection uh, and, were, and stayed on purpose. And at the end of the house meeting, we had check-ins. Actually, the first, the, when the board of Spirit Rock started, and we started actually in that house, it was the, the, the basement of, of Harwood House that all the visioning for Spirit Rock mm -hmm. happened. And the, the form for that, um, uh, for those meetings became the form of our earlier board of directors meetings uh, when it was small enough and, uh, and Spirit Rock wasn't the thing that it is now. Uh, and that I really appreciated the form of check-in and, um, and appreciations, not that you'll do this form, appreciations, self-appreciations, clearing when they needed to be, self-clearing, and agenda, and then at the end, a process that said, how did, we, how did we feel about this? So when people left, they, anything that needed to be said was said. Anyway, what I wanted to point out, oh, and we, we had uh, the, the chores, it was all laid out, you do your chores, and how often you, we ate together four nights a week, and there was cooking and cleaning, and the structure created the sense for it all to work. So as facilitators, um, the structure that you create and the energy, the tone that you set will be the tone for the whole group. And it brought out the best in everybody. So I really, I believed in community having gone through that experience. And that's inspired me to, to do the community Dharma leaders because I believe in community. And if you have that sense of how good it is to connect with others, then that can be the spirit that you bring to your Kalyanamita groups. So conditions and structure, very helpful. Then there can be a flexibility within that. It doesn't have to be rigid, but just that everybody's on the same page. Another piece that inspired me about the Kalyanamita groups was um, studying with this uh, psych uh, uh, very renowned uh, psychologist who's since passed away named uh, James Bugenthal, who wrote a book, The Art of Psychotherapy. And I, uh, it, it affected me deeply as far as working with people. And his thing was, if you, if you let awareness lead, that the awareness knows just, it keeps it alive. You don't have to be either as a group facilitator or working with somebody individually. You don't have to figure out what to do next. Your job is to just keep the awareness alive. And when you, if as a facilitator, instead of you giving the answers, if you can, through your own um, spirit of inquiry, create the conditions where somebody comes up with their own answers, 
that that is the great service. That even if you have the brilliant right answer, if you tell somebody, oh, this is what you should do, rather than, well, what do you think? Then you're doing them a disservice because if they can get in touch with it in their own, it's theirs. And so as a facilitator, and sometimes I, I often do this with, with people, you know, somebody says, I don't know what to do about this or that, you know, can you help me? Well, you know, I get so caught in this, I get so caught in that. And often I'll say, well, let me ask you, in your wisest moments, what do you do? And they might think for a few moments and say, well, in my wisest moments, <laughs> I do this, this, and this, and this, and this, you know. Oh, wow, how Oh, that's really wise. Yeah. But I don't do that all the time. But they got in touch with their own wisdom much better than you telling them. And as a facilitator, your invitation by asking and having them get in touch with their wisdom is inspiring and much, it's so much richer for you. Wow, I got you know, you can say, if you want to get the, the rush at all, the good benefit, I help get this person in touch with their own wisdom. What a beautiful thing. That means you're being willing to give up being the wise one that knows everything. But it's so much more nourishing. Wow, I can help people get in touch with the Buddha right inside of them. And my basic approach in working with people individually or in a group, you know, leading a, a group interview up at Spirit Rock uh, on a retreat is I am looking for the Buddha and speaking to the Buddha or Kuan Yin right as I'm speaking to somebody who's freaking out, going through whatever they're freaking I'm looking for the Buddha in there and the more I can see it, the more it helps to draw them out. So that might be a uh, just a, a practice as facilitators or if you're in a group to support the facilitator where we all have the Buddha inside. That's why when we take refuge in the Buddha, we're taking refuge in that place that is already wise that just needs a little coaxing and invitation to come out. So as you look for the Buddha and then maybe invite as best as possible for it to come out. It shifts around the energy entirely and people will think you are so wise by just getting the wisdom out of them, you know. Wow, it's so good to talk with you, you know. It, it, by the way, whether or not you're running a group just as, as a human interaction, the more you can just be interested in somebody else, which is a huge leap in itself rather than waiting for the, them to be quiet so you have a chance to jump in with your wisdom, the more you can be interested and ask the questions, the more people just love talking to you. Uh, and you don't even have to say a whole lot. They can be sharing, but uh, it's just being interested. And at the same time, creating enough safety so that everybody, you're not putting people on the spot if they don't feel like they're ready to speak, but, and also creating a, a space where 
um, if somebody is taking up too much space, to gently um, allow for a kind of completion so that others can talk as well. And that's one of the most challenging things as, uh, as facilitators. But if you think of a good leader, and this is the thing I tried so much to convey in the Dharma Leaders program, that a good leader is one who brings out the best in everybody else. Then it changes around your role uh, in a very beautiful and, and nourishing way. <clears throat> Something in our, our check-ins, I'll, I'll just mention a couple of other things. Um, in check-ins, one of the big challenges in many groups is the extent to which people want to talk about the Dharma and Dharma concepts and go deep into uh, Dharma theory as it's relevant to their lives, or sutta studies, or uh, generosity, or talking about why speech or emotions, or whatever the focus is, how much to go in on a Dharma level, and how much personal sharing there is. Uh, because for many people, that's where the magic is too. Oh, this is a place I can be real and share about what's going on. Different people will have different agendas of how much they want to spend either in personal sharing or in deep Dharma concepts. There might be, there are some groups where the sharing is really the heart. Oh, this is what I'm going through, and I really could use support in this, and, and everybody is saying, yeah, okay, let's focus on that. Then there are other groups where people are saying, I just want to study the Majjhima number 10, the Satipatthana Sutta. Okay, enough with your personal drama already, you know, <laughs> being very kind and, and, uh, and respectful, but come on, let's get on with it. It's not that one is right and one is wrong, but it's just different styles in different groups. So as facilitators, the art is to see how much personal sharing and how much to go into the Dharma conversation. If you do check-ins, which I would, I would recommend just as a way for people to connect, there's two things that I find helpful in the, the the group that uh, uh, Carol said for aging people, it's not like we're, we're all aging. That's the primary reason we've gotten together. We've just been f together for about eight or nine years, and we're starting to get on years. You know. uh, and Susan is in that group too. In the check-in, um, the form is there's a certain, uh, there's a time, and we have, uh, for our particular group since uh, depending upon the size, whatever, whatever time check-in, because it's different if there's five people in a group or if there's ten people in a group, um, agreed upon, okay, we're going to have three-minute check-in or five-minute check-in or two-minute check-in or whatever. Set your phone so, or whatever so it's very impersonal and people can finish up as the, as the bell rings. And the question that I invite people 
so that there's a kind of balance between personal as well as uh, not just getting into your story is sharing what's relevant, what needs to be said either in your personal life or what's happening with you, but in the context of how the Dharma is informing your life. So you're looking at it through a Dharma lens. Oh, this happened, you know, my, uh, uh, my wife is starting chemo and, you know, it's really hard. And this is what, how I'm holding it. So that it's not just personal story on and on, but what are you learning? How are you, how are you, how's the Dharma supporting and holding? And that way there's both a, a personal and a, 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 at least looking through a Dharma lens. And sometimes even as people think that they're coming to a group and that that's what they're doing, if they can be looking at a Dharma lens in the rest of their life so that when they think about, your, about coming to the group, they're remembering, oh yeah, and how am I holding this? What am I learning? Because besides what happens within the group, if the group can support people to be looking in their life through that Dharma lens, that's where the real benefit and richness of coming together regularly is, that you're all supporting each other in waking up in your daily life. If you're looking at, if you're going through a book like Awakening Joy or The Wise Heart or, you know, A Path with Heart or whatever the book is, that also helps people stay focused. But the idea is to look at your life through a Dharma lens so that when you come to the group, you're somewhat accountable. Not that it's a test or anything, but you know that your group is supporting you to, um, to be that much more awake in your life. So I think I'll, I'll stop here for a moment. Um, I know that was just a lot to put out. Let's just take a breath, come back to yourself. Notice what's going on for you right now inside. And whatever's going on for you is just fine. Just connect with it. Okay, you can come back. So, um, before we'll, we'll take a break in a little while, but uh, before we do, um, and there'll be a chance for, uh, for more questions later on, before we do, um, I'd like to just hear from some people who've been involved in very rich groups that really work and maybe share something that seems valuable or useful to the group. What really works in, uh, in your group? That would be a principle that others can benefit from because I don't want it to be just 
I hold the wisdom. There's a lot of wisdom in this. So let's just hear a few comments. And remember, not like this, like this, and close <laughs> enough. Makes all the difference in the world. Okay? So, and uh, maybe... Um, Again, I'm Alexandra. One of the things that um, we, an have angle? Found, we have found that works for our group is, you know, number one, there's got to be dedication. It's not a drop-in group. It's a committed group. So there has to be, um, yeah, that commitment of coming every week or however often we meet once a week. So, And we do take a break in the summertime. But, the, but there has to be the commitment and... Um, a little closer. And, you know, over, over time, with that commitment, you really get to know one another. Our group, you know, due to the impermanence of life, we've lost some members and haven't felt, you know, we, we're kind of a, I live in Chico, we're kind of a small group, mm -hmm. um, usually hover around six to nine. And we have a great sense of humor. So in that process of commitment and dedication, we have found a lot of joy and laughter in our pain. And, uh, Excellent. Thank that's you. That's it. Thank one, you. one thing here. Just wait sure. until, and then the next person that raises, you can give okay. them the, the mic. And, uh, and I will comment if it seems relevant about commitment. Uh, very, very important. And when you're starting out with a group, it's a little bit tricky when people don't know what they're committing to. And oh my God, am I signing on for the rest of my life? And uh, I don't know about this or that person. So I encourage if you're starting a group. Um, to um, say, we'll, we'll meet, just first come to the first group and see if you want to continue, and then have a trial period, whether it's three months or six months or, you know, two months or whatever, and agreeing on the interval. And as, as facilitators, you can do it in a way that's nourishing for you not that, oh, I've got to be here every week. For me, it works uh, to do it every two weeks or whatever, or whatever the group is agreeing upon, uh, but saying at the end of that time, we'll see where we're at. So seeing if those who want to continue can continue or uh, those who say, okay, I've, I've been in it for three months and I, I think um, it's been great and we'll... Better to have everybody wanting to be there than being there against their, their will. But if you have that kind of time limit and reassessing, then, it, it, then you're all on the same page. Thank you. So pass the, the mic to that. Yeah, this is more of a question about, I have a couple of members of the group who want to do Dharma study and the rest want to do personal sharing. And the newer people, for me, it's been such a joy and a shock to realize how wise they are from just a very brief introductory class. So that's the group I want to be with because it makes me feel so happy. And mm -hmm. But the other group, I realize they need something as well. So how do you balance that? You mentioned that earlier. Yeah, I've got to go back and um, sort of facilitate where, how the group is going to be, and it would be very helpful to me if yeah. others could share how they do that. So w one thing is, a as you're starting a group, just hold on until the next person, uh, uh, that as you're starting a group, that you 
um, address that and see and get on the same page. And again, that might mean having a time commitment, seeing if it works or not. But um, it's very, you probably have seen this in other groups, it's very um, um, striking how if there's one or two people <clears throat> that are on a different page, not that it's a better or worse page, but if they're feeling disgruntled or this isn't working, but it's not spoken, it affects the group energy. And one thing that I, I didn't mention in my other remarks, here's a basic um, principle that I have of creating an energy field. When there's an alignment and everybody is on the same page and feeling that they're part of something really good, there's magic that happens. I have a feeling the Napa group, you're all nodding your head. Yeah, yeah. There they are all coming together. There's magic happens and the, 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 uh, the, the sum of its parts uh, is, is the, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. That there's this energetic field out of which the wisdom is using all the voices and all the hearts to speak through. That's one way that I conceptually think of it. It's not anybody has the wisdom, it's just the wisdom is coming out of the whole, right? And if there's not that alignment, all it takes is one or two people, even one, saying, I, I'll suffer through this. <laughs> that misalignment affects the whole energy field. And so it's, it needs to be addressed either privately, you don't want to embarrass somebody, or having a, a really honest, wise speech conversation saying, what's working and what's not working, better to name it and say, we're, we're not all on the same page here, not making anybody wrong, but what needs to happen for us to be aligned, or it's really fine if this isn't the right group for you, but if you can all have some kind of agreement how much personal and how much uh, Dharma exploration, non-personal, uh, that there is, that makes a huge difference. And it starts with you getting clear on what works for you. As a facilitator, uh, you can, not that, you know, you can certainly be flexible, but the more you're aligned and saying, this is what I'm really uh, wanting or looking for, and then see if everybody's on the same page with you, and if there's like, eight people that are on the same page and one or two that aren't, it's like, you know, I, you should start a group together doing what you want. And, and again, the key is to not make anybody wrong, but to have that alignment. I just wanted to comment, um, the Dharma study persons, mm -hmm. I suggested um, that they come to uh, do retreats because they're... they're been practicing on their own for a long time, mm -hmm. and I don't think they would get as much out of a Kalyanamita group as they would by just doing a personal mm -hmm. um, long-term retreat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you have to trust your own intuition as well, 
and not be the final arbiter, you might put a, make a suggestion privately if it's something that, uh, you know, better, more discreet, uh, but also the general level of experience is, all, is one other um, factor that can really change the group. If there's six people who've done, uh, you know, three years of practice or gone to two retreats or more or five years of practice and there's one new person, that's, that creates one thing. If the new person is, is accepted and willing to, uh, to basically not, not be saying, oh, well, what do you mean by this? Um, and the group is welcoming of them. Or if there's, you know, six people that are relatively new and one person who's done, you know, extensive retreats and saying, you know, why don't you guys, you know, get, get it more together? You know, you, you've got to have fairly either name that discrepancy or say this is a group for experienced people or this is a group for uh, relatively newer and uh, but name it so that you're you are on the same page like that. Thank you. So here, uh, let's see. Hi, I'm Cecile. Um, in facilitating my uh, trauma groups. I have found that we did create rules um, and they were well defined. Uh, the crosstalk rule, where no one um, um, is allowed to make a comment on another person's share, that everyone's experience belongs to them. It works very, very well. And, um, and we've made an agreement to anonymity and uh, that nothing that is said within the group leaves the group. And that Confidentiality. is yes, very important. On the other group that I was guiding, the Awakening Joy group, I chose to offer it in a different way without almost any rules at all. Mm -hmm. And I found it didn't work uh, as well. Mm -hmm. And um, there was a, a huge difference. Yeah. Um, and so I know that next year when I, I, I do my next Awakening Joy, mm -hmm. that there will be definitions of the group mm -hmm. choosing yeah. and maybe my just saying what I have experienced mm -hmm. in the past and how it doesn't work unless we have um, time limits. That's the other thing mm -hmm. on my trauma groups. We all have time limits mm -hmm. for yeah. our personal shares and it's everything is defined, as you said, mm -hmm. relating our personal daily experiences to our recovery work. So Beautiful. That's it. Beautiful. And again, creating the conditions and the structure just allows for that field to be um, mutually agreed upon. Right, thank you. Behind, yes. Hi, I'm Susie. Um, I was going to say in our Awakening Joy group, we typically have between 20 and 30 people there. Wow. <clears throat> and our leader couldn't, our facilitator couldn't be here today, Forrest. But um, we don't, seem to have any sort of complication with uh, personal sharing versus dharma sharing because it's straight out of your, the book. Mm -hmm. <laughs> How about that? And, you know, when we're done reading, uh, Forrest picks the, the pages that we're going to read. So um, when we're done reading, then we can share on that what we read. Mm -hmm. It's real very simple. Mm -hmm. And people get personal. Um, 
but it's always really powerful. And it's, I don't know if it's due to our facilitator, who's a wonderful guy, or y your book, or what, but it really works really well. Mm -hmm. and, and that's, the, it's kind of this mysterious thing. When it works and everybody says, wow, it's good to be here, then there, there's a natural kind of uh, spirit of contributing and, uh, to that, that smoothness and and deepening and you want to listen to everybody so um wow well i want to speak to you later and find out you know more about your group thank you anything else as far as things that have worked or uh... may i ask a question related sure. to that <clears throat> in our group of about 12 people the um, commitment, I think, is fairly solid. However, it seems like nine people typically show up because of whatever's going on in their yeah. lives. Yeah. I put this group together, and it I've called it a Dharma study group. And there's a, the trouble in our group is that we have people from different lineages. We're in a small community, and so bringing people together to do this has been a little bit of a challenge. Mm -hmm. However, we're reading... Right now we're reading Sylvia's book on the paramis. Mm -hmm. And while I am the person who is the organizer and the conveyor, and I probably have more experience with retreats and my own practice than the rest of the group, it's a shared facilitation because I wanted it to be like that. Mm -hmm. So it's a little dicey when somebody is facilitating who doesn't really have the experience mm -hmm. in the Dharma. But most recently what happened was we came to a chapter that we read and the person who was facilitating said, I thought she missed the mark completely so I don't really want to do this from, from the book. And I had all kinds of inner reaction about that mm -hmm. and because then what ended up happening is the whole conversation was not based in the Dharma at all. It was based on how this person, who basically doesn't like to read, <laughs> presented it. So I'm now in this moment at this crux of this is very helpful because I want to go back and name it and say, what are we doing here? And are we approaching it from the Dharma or what are we doing? But what happens when somebody just negates the reading? So uh, in your wisest moments... <laughs> And if you, it, really, what, what do you think that she could hear? Or how could you, whether or not she can hear it for the benefit of the, of the group, what needs to be said in a, and, and in a way that she could hear it? Can we look at this through the Dharma? Mm -hmm. Would be the question. I think that I would first acknowledge wherever we were in the conversation but because it wasn't my turn to facilitate, I have to button my lip. Yeah. So uh, there, there's two aspects. One is particularly, is sh she and you are the two facilitators? No, this was just another person. It? And we, it's we, rotating yeah. facilitation. Okay. It, but are you seen as pretty much the... I am the seen as the okay. leader, and there's an undercurrent of, oh, I wish Heidi was doing this each time. Uh-huh. 
Okay. So it's a little bit tricky. Okay. So then if you're seen as the facilitator, then, and again, if creating the conditions and safety and, and having people on the same page uh, is important, um, I, it, it is important. If it's something that, that they empower you enough to do, then it can be a, um, an exercise in wise speech for you and for everybody without making somebody wrong but saying this is this is what I'm sensing um, and you might particularly if it's one person who this happens to sometimes it's better to speak privately so as not to embarrass you know? but within that if it seems like it's important to um, to name it with the group, if there's an undercurrent, if you sense there's an undercurrent somewhere, then better to name the undercurrent than have it keep on festering. Saying, "Hey, I just uh, this this uh, I want to address this. It, it for me, I really want to share the responsibilities, but I need to um, uh, set, step in." when it feels like, you know, this is going on, how do you all feel about it? That's the question. Yeah. And, and really making it a group process and again, a wise speech practice. Because that's one of the things, if you can make the process wise speech, rather than who's going to be right in this, rather we're here to help each other wake up and we can do in real time what we're trying to study, how can we say what's truthful and useful in a kind way that people can hear, and then you facilitate that discussion as well. Then it's rich all around. Thank you. Yeah. Here's, uh, we'll take a, maybe uh, one, one, uh, one more, and then I want to take a break, have you connect. Uh, and then um, I like actually, this is m my sense of what we can do in, in the time remaining, actually have small groups where you are part of a group and are kind of having live connection experience and then we'll come back for some more, uh, for some more questions. So. Hi, I'm Nikki. So this does address your question with kind of a slightly different angle. Mm -hmm. I've been to many day-longs and weekly sittings, and what really works for me is when there's a significant amount of group sharing. It really is, you know, that, that wow, that lighting up, that yeah. synchronicity that you've, you know, alluded to. And in turn, what doesn't work is when there's one or two facilitators or leaders that are really taking up so much of the time and then at the end saying, okay, so we have five minutes now for sharing or questions. I've, I've gotten so frustrated. And on one hand, I said, okay, you know, work with this, be with this. And on the other hand, I say, you know, it doesn't work for me. Yeah. It might be because post many, many years of grad school that that paradigm, you know, yeah. but I want community. And yes. I've talked to other people who really want community and we're, we're all teachers. Mm -hmm. So I imagine in our own groups that that would be different, but I could see how it could not as well. So I just wanted to share that. Okay, thank you. And one thing, particularly if as a group is starting out or if it needs more of a, 
uh, an alignment um, that I, I kind of alluded to uh, in our old Harwood House meetings is having some real process time at the end so that, and the process time is a chance for people instead of, a, instead of getting in the car and keeping it to themselves, God, I wish that person would shut up or, uh, you know, I just, I feel disconnected, blah, blah, blah. And if they get in their car and keep it to themselves, then they feel disconnected from the group and the group doesn't benefit from, from having a discussion on that. But again, and if that process time can be wise speech time, say what, what, it, what you think what needs to be said that the group that we can benefit from and explore in the future. And I would say at the beginning, giving at least 10 minutes, might, it might not need that. Often the process is, gosh, it's fabulous being in this group. You know, I just love it. And the, or I like the way that so-and-so answered this or the way that you know, this was led. But it can be really an invitation to say, if there's something that's not working for you, can you, uh, you know, this is a time to share as well without making anybody wrong. And you're saying, you know, uh, it really, uh, it works. I'm looking for more, more sharing and more sharing of the airspace as well. And how do other, you know, I'm wondering how people feel about it, but it's, it's not working for me as much as, as I'd like. If you name that or somebody names that, it's going to get everybody's attention saying, okay, where, where, where are we at? Let's take a, a, you know, a barometer uh, check over here. So having that built into the group, or if you can speak to the facilitator, if they're somebody who, can, who, who uh, really wants to wake up, and you have to get a sense of it, but I would certainly if possible, build in that process time that uh, that becomes um, a, a, a high priority so when the group meets, they're saying, okay, where are we at now with it? Okay? I, I know we say, uh, Susan, because it's Susan who's got a lot of experience with groups, we'll just take this one, one, one last comment before, we, before there's a, a, a bit of a break. Go ahead, Susan. Go ahead. <laughs> we just had an experience like that in one of my groups where the person who was feeling disconnected was the last person to check out for the evening and said, mm -hmm. I don't know why I'm feeling, I felt really disconnected tonight. Mm -hmm. And so the next, there wasn't time. Mm -hmm. But our next meeting was entirely spent on what's connection and what encourages it and what gets in the way. So it was incredibly uh, beneficial. And, mm -hmm. and, how, and, and was that a valuable follow-up? Oh, it was terrific. Yeah. I mean, it, it just keep, the group just keeps getting closer and closer, and her ability to say that yeah. was a reflection of that the group was close, and then they appreciated being able to go farther with it. Great, and there is something, uh, it, although it's a risk, if everybody is talking about what's actually happening in the group and they're talking in a kind way saying we really want this to work that's going to drop down to a much deeper level so um, you're as facilitators 
the, the job is to be courageous enough to see what is needed to make this really work in a, in a, in a kind way. Is a follow-up question to that, Marty? Yeah, just a quick question. Yeah. There's been a long time since Take we... Take that. Yes. There's been a long time since we uh, people introduced themselves. And I wonder if those who are facilitating groups could yes. raise their hands again. We'll be so doing it on the break so that oh, everybody okay. can... Yeah, that's I what I have in mind. Okay, <laughs> yeah. So before we have a break, Ghidra had some announcements. <laughs> I think it's on. It, is. Yeah. It, it really is wonderful to see so many of you here and to hear how many people are looking for community and came here today to connect up. So I really hope we'll be able to progress uh, in that way. Um, I wanted to let you know that Melanie and I, uh, what we do uh, as part of the CAM volunteers is when you email or you call, we're the people who respond. And so part of uh, our job is to uh, point you to the Spirit Rock website and uh, various groups that are listed there or to the guidelines, but also to let you know that we're willing to help you if you would like to start a group. Uh, we have both been part of many groups and so we can answer some of your questions and if we don't know the answer, we'll work on getting them for you. Uh, there are just, uh, you know, wonderful, simple things uh, that uh, James uh, has mentioned today that just really helps a group uh, go well. Um, one of the things about the established groups on the Spirit Rock website, I think many of you are in groups that are not listed on the Spirit Rock website. It might be because your group is full. But one of the things uh, James and I have discussed and is that if you are willing to list your group, it might give another group an idea for a subject matter. Uh, Sylvia had a group, I think it was a knitting group, and uh, she talked about that in her Wednesday class. Well, maybe somebody is talking about the Dharma through their knitting group, and if you don't list it, nobody ever knows. And groups, uh, even though groups are full, uh, that uh, sometimes, uh, your, the conversation you have with that person might point you in the right direction. So it really would be a generosity if you listed your group in whatever area on the Spirit Rock website. Mm -hmm. I, I, I want to follow up uh, a comment on that. Even if it's a group that just that's a generic, well, we explore the Dharma, so it's you say, oh, what benefit will that be to anybody else for a conversation? To have all the groups listed also is very inspiring for people to see how much is going on and saying, oh, wow, there's like all of these groups. Holy cow, maybe I can do one too. And we'd like to have as much visibility as possible because it just keeps that uh, generate, generative feeling of, of creating other groups. Um, and many people here today said that they were willing to host a group. Fantastic, because we get uh, people emailing us all the time who would like to join an established group, and they just don't feel ready to host. So if you are someone who would like to host, please see Melanie or see me today or email us and uh, let us know uh, what the, we can work, walk you through or just look and see how other groups are listed, and it gives you an idea of some of the information that you should provide. 
but it's really what we need right now, people willing to make the commitment to host. And hosting doesn't necessarily mean facilitating, right? So you can be saying, I can have a space and other people, there might be facilitators out there that, that we can connect as well. Or if you're willing to facilitate and want to start a group, then you can you know, perhaps be directed to somebody who's, who can host. I would say, get in touch with them today. Don't wait to email because that can Sounds kind of good. slip down. So tell them today. Yeah. Uh, also tell us today, uh, or uh, if, you know, we're always uh, interested in books that have been really successful in your groups. You can look on the Spirit Rock website and see what's already listed. But uh, we welcome your suggestions about other groups. And please do check the website because there are updates there. There are pictures of uh, various Kalyanamitta groups. And uh, we're uh, headed towards uh, keeping that more current. And uh, I also wanted you to know that Melody is going to start a cyber group in the fall, and she's looking for members. There's some people that across the country, they don't have any other way to be part of a group. And uh, so Melody's going to try this out here. And uh, today's talk, as far as I know, is recorded. And uh, so uh, it'll be posted on the website soon. And so if you know people who couldn't be here, uh, please uh, let them know about that. Uh, last, I wanted to talk to you about Donna. I'm sure you're all familiar with it. Uh, there are baskets out in front for your uh, financial generosity. Uh, for me, uh, generosity always comes from gratitude. I have tremendous gratitude for the Dharma. I have tremendous gratitude for James. He's held the container of this idea for such a long time uh, at Spirit Rock, and he's still doing it today. And thank you very much, James. So, um, we'll have a break of, let's say, 20 minutes. Is that, that good enough? And what we'll do, besides using the restroom if you need to, uh, is maybe having some geographical um, groupings around, uh, let's say, like Marin over here, uh, against the the wall, maybe in the corner, uh, the North Bay, Sebastopol, uh, Santa Rosa, like that, Napa around there, Sonoma. What's that? Petaluma, yeah. Uh, and uh, let's say uh, East Bay. How should we do it? East, uh, is it basically East Bay, San Francisco, North Bay, and Marin? Any other places? Okay, now, oh yeah, well, Napa, you can be your own, yeah. And uh, is, is that basically it? Central Valley. Okay, so let's go uh, Marin, um, uh, Sonoma, over there, uh, East Bay, say, uh, around the back towards the table. Uh, any San Francisco here? One person for so you you can pick some uh, another group. Uh, wow, you've got the whole city to populate with with Kalyanamitas, and uh, um, what is it? Central Valley is that is that it? Or is that the only other group? Oh, so maybe we should do Mar Marin, North Bay, East Bay, Central Valley. Is that it? 
uh, and Napa. Uh, you can go wherever you want. You, you, you all know each other, right? And uh, and if you're starting a group, you know, well, you'll you'll just sort yourselves out, and we'll come back in about 20 minutes. Okay.